It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, good morning. Uh, You brought the cool weather with you uh, all the way, short sleeves and all, no less, uh, but brought the cool weather uh, all the way here uh, from, from your place. Yeah, I don't know where it uh, came from. I'm kind of over it, to be honest. It uh, had to cover the plants and everything. Really? Now, now that was weird because I, I was, uh, you know, I've been, I'm not a horticulturalist for, for any stretch <laughs> of the, the imagination, but I have, you know, I've gotten some new flowers and different things. And, uh, y- you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to learn some different things, but, you know, I did not cover anything uh, this morning. I, uh, I just kind of rode with it and, and hoped for the best. And, uh, but you say it's going to be worse the next couple of days. Yeah, from what I've seen, it looks like it's actually going to get like a frost maybe tonight and tomorrow. Should be, and it may actually be like in the early hours. So I'm cool with like that in in, in general sense because one, it's going to slow the grass down hopefully. <laughs> but you know, it's it all goes back to mowing for me. But uh, do you have you ever planted a tree in this time where it's kind of weird? Like, so I've done this a couple of times where I like put a trash bag over it. Cause they say if, you know, the frost doesn't land on the leaves, then you're kind of cool. Like, is there anything else man could do? No. I, no and, and that's really all you're doing is you're trying to keep the frost off the leaves is what you're trying to do. But just make sure you pull that bag off before like, sun hits. Yeah, yeah. Because it'll fry it. Yeah. The good thing about my house is, is so I'm dead center of the subdivision, which it's not a huge one. It's not one of those you get lost in, but but I'm dead center of the subdivision, and by virtue of just houses around me, like, it's – I don't have a lot of just, like, Serengeti sun is what I'm trying to get at. So it's pretty cool. Like, it's usually, like, 830 before my front yard sees sun, <laughs> and then by about 4, it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I've got a really good front back. Uh, if you want shade, you can get it either side of the house all day, or if you want sun, you can get it either side of the house all day. I'm pretty good. I've got shade all over the place. Yeah. yeah, see, that's the that's the crooks of of being in a newer neighborhood. You know, they just kind of flatlined it and built houses. So if you want a tree, you're planting one. Yep. And uh, and, and twenty so, years later, you get to enjoy it. And I was gonna say, and well, and and the thing is, is we're in. You know, I, I got one of those postage stamp yards, so I couldn't put like a monster tree in there. Uh, so I put like this little. Uh, it's. It's kind of it's maybe a pansy tree. It's a, it's it's you, called a Japanese weeping yeah, tree. Yeah, you told me what it was. I, I'm excited to see that thing when it actually gets a little bigger. It's it, you know I had one in Morristown, a version of it. I think I had the white version. This one's the pink version. But uh, they're they're really cool because they're they're just like any other tree, just smaller because you can you can kind of tune it what you want. It can get up to like 15, 20 feet tall, but if you you know it's it's weeping. So I mean that's like the peak, and then it's going to come. It's not. You don't have to top these things because they kind of reaches maturity and then it gets sad. Yeah, no, it's sad for more jump. It's it's <laughs> weeping right adulthood. now. 
Yeah, yeah. The world has <laughs> beat down. Yeah, coronavirus is expo- like the the situation is is my tree right there. Yes. It's just like always droopy. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, how we got there, we'll never know. Nah. But good news on the horizon, though. Like yesterday, a couple days ago, a couple good articles came out about college restarts in the fall and also Tennessee releases yesterday that they'll open. Their plan is is to restart uh, classes on campus with faculty, with students in the fall. Now, there's a lot of gray area in, in both of those conversations, but, but Jeff, I don't want to say it's the first bit of good news because I think we've had some good days. We've had some declines in, in new cases and, and, and different things, but to me, in the sports world, this you know, you know, maybe the 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 announcement by the NCAA that that there is a restart plan may have been the best day since about March the second. Oh yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to something, and especially after not having anything, and I mean nobody's had anything to hear that there's a glimmer of hope for you know, I, and I assume it's not just going to be football either. I'm sure it's probably going to be a lot of different stuff. Yeah. You know that's that's just it's it's probably going to lift a lot of people's spirits and get people ready to go and probably even make them a little more excited than they would normally be. So kind of going to run through it a little bit. NCAA's website calls it the core principles of resocialization of collegiate sport. That's a mouthful. Yeah, ain't it though? I thought I did well though getting through it. Yeah. It says the United States is currently using physical distancing and stay-at-home guidelines as the primary means of preventing the spread of COVID-19. But COVID-19 has has made it to all 50 states with variable rates of community infection, hospitalization, and or death. Because of the widespread nature of the disease, containment strategies such as testing, identification, um, and isolation – uh, have have kind of been the been the means of of getting there. Sport as a microcosm of society is similarly using physical distancing and stay at home uh, as a means to prevent group practice and all sport competition has ceased, and and that's been across the board. Uh, once COVID nineteen infection rates diminish for at least two weeks, resocialization of society and sport may be possible. Importantly, there will be no single day of reemerging into society as normal. Uh, there will be no, uh, you know, light switch moment where, where it's just open up and, and let's go. Day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Sector 12, you are open. Rather, re-socialization must be rolled out in a stepwise manner that helps ensure sustained low infection spread coupled with the ability to rapidly diagnose and isolate new cases. Uh, bear in mind that upward spikes in infection spreads may cause resocialization efforts to halt or even retreat until infection spikes lower again. Uh, collegiate sports differ than professional because all collegiate athletes are first and foremost students. And I was hoping that this kind of was the path that they went down. Thus, resocialization of collegiate sport must be grounded in resocialization of the campus itself. As, as with society at large, such socialization measures nimble and base around social science, sound social science. In all instances, uh, college athletics must operate with approved approval of school leadership, and the school must be operating in accordance with local and state officials uh, as far as regaining permission to return to campus. 
return to practice, and et cetera. In the end, schools and governmental leadership determine who can participate in, assist with, and watch student-athletes' practices and competition. So there, there's basically there's going to be a step program. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's a rejuvenization. It's it's a comeback situation to where there's no there's not a, a way to just say go yeah. like have fun like this is the way we're going to do it and and this goes across you know all five power conferences all group of five conferences and, and everybody. I think it's going to be a, there's going to be a little hitch in the giddy up. You ever you ever had an older vehicle that's out of time? I think that's how this thing's going to restart. It's going to die a few times. It's going to pause a few times and it may it may sputter out. But I think they they know their course of recourse is what I'm what I'm getting at and we'll we'll dive into that in here in just a second. Yeah, so th- that's that's the key is I think they have to understand that they might not be able to put all their eggs in this one basket at the restart because it's not gone anywhere. That's something to remember. It's not gone anywhere. Yes, they're on the decline and yes, you know, we're, we're seeing less cases and more recoveries, which is great, but at the same time, it's still out there. And when you just open the floodgates, well, I mean, you it, it very well could spike again. And so that being said, you just need to have a plan, be ready to to, to back up and punt and say, okay, maybe maybe we try this time, we do it like this, or or just have that plan ready just to understand that it could go sideways still, and we, we just need to be ready. That way we don't discourage anybody, and we don't just leave it dead. I think one of the, the driving forces to, to feel positive, though, is that according to science, according to what they're telling us, heat is a deterrent of yeah. this uh, of this flu. So so or this influenza and and so in in timing this works out in in a place to where you would like to think with the heat going up the cases should go down well again because of 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 people that have recouped got the antibodies the whole deal you'd like to think we're gonna we're gonna see some spikes but there are some core principles that they're gonna follow here one and first and foremost, there must be directive at the national level uh, to to say we can resocialize. Like if there's a if there's a nationwide spike and they go to safer at home again, then of course this this doesn't happen. Right. But if, as long as they've got a national level of of of, of openness, uh, they can start the resocialization. State and local authorities uh, must have in place a plan for resocialization. I say the state of Tennessee is a whole lot closer than the state of New York. Oh, absolutely. I, I'd say the state of Tennessee is a lot closer than Kentucky. Uh, there's, there's, there's southeastern conference states that are, they're not close. But, but I think Tennessee's probably in that upper tier of of ready to to resocialize states, or at least closer to resocializing states. Yeah, and that was that was an interesting thing that I had heard and and was was reading a while back was they were talking about how that they would determine which schools opened up in the SEC and in like what order and it was and it was state based yes and when you when you have that so if Tennessee opens up before say Alabama does that mean we can completely start all of our activities while they're still stuck at home well and and there's a there's there's when we get to the Tennessee portion yeah I, I'd like to lay that out because I mean there's there's all these questions that I have so okay we all get ready to go let's just say all 14 get ready to go and then because uh, the criteria 
to get through is is continual reduction in new cases. Okay, so I don't know. Alabama's in faith. Not use Alabama. Let's use Kentucky because honestly, they'll shut down the conference for Alabama, but they will not <laughs> for Kentucky or That's Vandy. Good point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kentucky or Vandy, they'll. they'll you know, you, you'll have that. That's under that 10% rule. They can go. Uh, but, you, you know, if, if say, we're going and they're in fall camp and all of a sudden the Bluegrass State jacks up their number of cases and they go, they jump back into phase one or something and got to have that two-week gap and, and, and all that deal, do they start the season and make them forfeit some games? Yeah. I See, mean, because it, it's all about – now, maybe they could not. Maybe they just still have to pay their non-conference guys – you know they pay them some some minimum level, um, and and then go from there. But uh, that is a question that I have because I I don't think if, in the event and again I'm going to look at it from the orange side of things. If Tennessee's ready to go and Kentucky's not ready to play, it shouldn't hurt me. Right. You know what I'm saying. And and I'm not saying like put a win co- in the win column, but that that shouldn't hurt me. I should still be able to do something. Whether they allow NCAA allows us. Okay, Kentucky's not ready to play. And I'm just using them because why not? I beat up on the Cats any chance I can. But anyway, okay, I can't play that week. Well, okay, I'll scrimmage that week and maybe allow, you know, some video of that. You know what I'm saying? Like make it to where we're still getting better. We're still doing something. But, uh, you, you know, it doesn't necessarily deter from, from the mission. You know what I'm saying? Well, this this is these are the questions that they need to be answering right now. Absolutely. They need to be understanding right now what that looks like. Yeah, because yeah. How's that dance going to happen? Yes. Two step forward, one if, step back. Because you can't tell me that if they've got 11 out of 14 schools that all their states are ready to go and 13 of them aren't, they have a decision to make at that point. And that decision is, do we move forward? Or do we suspend everything? And, and, and then and then it trickles down even into the other conferences because like Big Twelve, they've got out of conference games with those. You know, so what do they do? Do we just write these games off? Yeah, and the thing is there's just so much money involved. They they really need to understand what their stance is gonna be, how they're gonna handle these things, and you know, maybe they need to be flexible enough to where they can reschedule games. Well, and, and you know, I don't know that that's out of the question. You know, there's the gap between the, the, the conference championship weekend and the bowl games. Yep. Uh, and, and do you, do, you know, and again, bowl games are still up in the air, I think, because, you know, bowl games are based around fans. They're based around TV money. So um, is that a thing that, that's even going to happen? I, I think we got to get off the ground before we can learn about learn about that. But, but yeah, I don't know if it's one of those things is like, okay, can – you know, X, let's team X because I feel like there's some wildcat out there getting getting heated up right now. But anyway, team X is not ready to go. Okay, well, I've got a bye week on week 11. Let's play then. Okay, good. I do too, Mark. You know, and it's not going to be that easy, but, you know, it may be, okay, let's extend the season. Let's, you know, let's look at this. Let's be flexible. Maybe the whole Southeastern Conference goes on pause if a percentage – of your teams, right? Do that. You you just you take a bye week and get that two week window back in, and then you play again. I don't know what that looks like, but to get the state accordance, to get that level of authorization, here's some some three criteria that's got to be downward trajectory of influenza like illnesses reported 14 days, and downward trajectory of of syn- syndromic cases reported within 14 days. And then, uh, uh, again, just basically a downward trend in all cases, new cases, and, and, and et cetera. And then hospitals are available 
to be able to treat uh, all cases without crisis, and there's a robust testing program in place uh, for for people that would be at risk. But I, I mean, I think that at, at a major university level, that is that's the the the. I mean, that's the gravel of the situation. They can yeah. do that. They've got a. They've. I mean, they've got a health program. There's no. You know, clinicals just got a little bit more interesting this year. You know what I'm saying? You can you can have a testing program within your university. The hospitals and the new cases, I think hopefully us flattening the curve will, will accommodate that, you know, unless there's just a nationwide spike, which I think we don't make it to this principle if, we, if we've had a nationwide spike. Exactly. But the only thing that bugs me is, is it, and, and, you know, I love, if, if you're not following Clay Travis on Twitter, you should be. Because he has made it a point to stay positive in this, and he calls it your daily Corona positive moment, and it's it's pretty cool because he does, and it's not it's not anything negative. It's really like, well, you know, everybody's like, you know, thirty nine deaths today. Well, seven hundred recovered today. Right, and that's so, what they're not showing us. And so and so he he spends it in, in a positive light, but he did make a really interesting comment the other day about Mondays. Because Mondays look like a spike. If you look at the you look at the graph, it's like da, 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 Friday's down, Monday, Monday. You know, it's it's like a bottle rocket every week because there's there's cases that were in limbo on Friday, so they didn't get confirmed as a positive negative, and then you've got Saturdays and Sundays cases. So we're just gonna have to really clear out like that level of 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 scrutiny. You know what I'm saying? Like what that's gonna look like. But, you know, there's also going to be some things in place if we get started, if we've met all these requirements. There's going to be social distancing. I know I know Williams-Brice uh, or South Carolina, they said at Williams-Brice Stadium, there will be social distancing. So they're, they're, they're looking at what that looks like, what their new, uh, their new uh, attendance would look like, you know, every other row and some blocked off seating. I, I, I don't know what that looks like or how they would manage that. But uh, I think it, it will be interesting to see how these different stadiums do it differently. Yeah, I, ha I have to imagine that there's going to have to be some kind of level of like partitioning or something because, sure, you yeah. can put a tape X on your bleacher and it says, don't take your butt out of that tape X. But the second something happens, I'm going to run over to my buddy and be like, whoa, did you see that? Now, I do know, and, and this is, you know, it's, it may be apples and oranges, but maybe not. Uh, I know local churches are doing like what they would call like family situations. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you come, like me and you go to the ball game, we can sit together because we're our we're our group, right? We've like already if, exposed each other. Well, what I'm saying is, if you take you know husband, wife, two kids, those four can sit together. They're going to ride home together. They can sit together, but they can't sit close to the next family. Okay. And, and it gets it gets muddy. It's easy with season ticket holders. Sure, sit where you, sit where you're at. We may gap you a little bit more if you're really close. But but yeah, we'll we'll space you guys out, and then we'll uh, then we'll sell some tickets re related to that. Uh, I think it's going to be really hard on the ushers. I think you got to be you got to be critical, especially in these first summer games. People sweating like like dogs. You're going to have to say, listen, dude. You get a one, you get one, you get a mulligan, and then you're out of here, buddy. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough because it's going to be very tough. Yeah, and I would probably maybe look at peeling back that uh, that alcohol sales. What they what they might want to consider doing, and this is just an idea, is maybe a dry run, 
like do an event. We'll do an open the, practice. Uh, uh, there you go. Yeah. And and let fans in, maybe just the ticket holders, and see what that looks like. How hard is it to corral? How easy is it to corral? Uh, you know. Can, well, and can, again, you know, getting into a gate. I mean, you know, when you're standing there, like gate 21, right after the vol walk, you might as well. I mean, just wait. Just wait four or five yeah. minutes because it's just a mad dash. It's that's going to be insane. Because I mean, if you social distance to get in the gate. Your line's going to be halfway down Cumberland. Well, and that's another question. Are they going to do the ball walk? Are they going to bring the band down? I don't know. You talk about you talk about tearing down some tradition right there. I don't know that a ten. I don't know that a game's been played in Knoxville uh, in the last you know eighty years without without a band coming down without the ball walk. I know the ball walk's fairly new. It's not. Maybe it's you not can so get one dude walking down there with like a speaker holding it up really high in his head. And there you go. Or we just we put big big screens outside, <laughs> and we play the last time we did a, a yeah, yeah. There you go. Why not? But once everything is in place, they want to do some social distancing. They want to do temperature checks, testing in isolation, sanitation, and uh, and, and again some disinfecting of common uh, surfaces. Uh, I feel like the trough gets you ahead of that game, right? Yeah. You don't have to touch much on a trough. No, I mean that's. I mean, I feel like that's pretty good. Nope, and Neyland Stadium has has held true to the trough uh, for several several years. Uh, so it'll be interesting how they how they get off there. But I think uh, you know that they went to step four and said there must be a plan in place at the university college level uh, in keeping with federal guidelines. So there'll be a lot of checks and balances here. Uh, there must be adequate personal protective equipment for athletic health care providers. And there must be sanitation, sanitizers and sanitation groups to manage infection control in all athletic spaces. In phase one, uh, the, the gating criteria has to be uh, uh, satisfied for 14 days. Uh, vulnerable student athletes, athletic health care providers, coaches, etc. cetera, uh, should continue to shelter in place, basically kind of isolate as a team, kind of the family environment, like I said. You know, if you're 85 or all, you've been together this whole time, well, nobody's infected, so you're you're a group at that point, and you just kind of you you kind of play those cards. And I think there needs to be at some level, you know, I I think it's one of those deals you have to plan your your travel, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Like if you go somewhere, you take a a I don't know a, whatever you want to call it, a student manager or something, and it's like a check and balance. Like, did we sanitize the 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 buggy handle? Did we you know, only pick up what we have, wear, you know, wear what we need to wear to, to stay safe, you know, face coverings, et cetera, et cetera. I just, I, I think you got to micromanage it like that. And, and a lot of people's like, well, I don't think these, these kids should have to be in prison. Okay. Do you want to play ball? Well, it's, it, yeah, it's one of those deals. And, and it comes back to, okay, it's not, it's not we're being overbearing fans and, and pirating fans saying that they're not important. We're just saying, you can't have it both ways. If if the complaint is going to be taking away opportunities, then we have to make a plan to keep opportunities. So, and I think the NCAA has done that. And again, there's nobody saying that this is a foolproof plan or that this this thing doesn't have shaky legs. Nobody's because, ever had to do this before. One well, the thing is, it, shaky legs is because I'm not saying that there's false positives, but I'm saying they're wanting to make sure that they catch those that have it. So I would think there is some overlap on healthy people Probably that so. get a false positive for corona. So you just 
you got to hope that the, that things stay true, that that the healthcare industry really ramps up and gets gets to a place to where we feel better. Uh, and and then here in the next few weeks, I think you're going to see some activity because uh, any any college coach that I've talked to or that I've heard speak says eight weeks. I need eight weeks with my guys. So in my opinion, if this is going to flow and we're going to have football in the month of August into early September, they'll start moving in June. Yep. Like this will this will, will this will grow legs and walk in June if it's going to work and we're going to be on time. Now again, I think we've got to be flexible to say, well, you know, Tennessee or, or Louisiana had a had a spike there in May, so we've got to back the 14-day thing up. They won't start until mid-June or they won't start until the 1st of July. Whatever that looks like is okay. It's just a matter of of getting something rolling. You know what I'm saying? I think I think it's it's like anything. It's like my little boys because I've taught them both now to ride without training wheels. That's been the biggest achievement of the of the shutdown. Those first couple times they're scared to death. They can't balance, they can't get the the pedal started the whole deal. But you do it for a few days and you're in the zone. You're, you yep. you kind of get in there. So you just got to get in the groove, let it ride and and, and then hope for the best and and be critical. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody wants to say. Well, it's been 14 days. We were just high on that one day. That don't count. No, we need to. We need to hold ourselves to these standards. But I love that there's a plan in place. That they have a plan in May. Shocked me by the NCAA. I was fully expecting it to be July, and we still don't know if we're going to have football. Or not. Yeah, that's true. I so, can see that. So kudos to them. I don't do that much, so I'll, I'll take <laughs> this opportunity. But. But, Jeff, let's let's take a break, listen to our fine sponsors. We've talked at a broad spec as what it's going to look like for the NCAA getting football back or getting athletes and students back on campus. Let's talk about the University of Tennessee. They put a release out there as far as what that's going to look like, and I have some questions that we'll talk about. University of Tennessee says we'll have, we'll have students on campus in the fall at all locations. We'll take a break. We'll, we'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, we talked a little bit uh, before the break about the NCAA, and then we'll talk on this segment about the University of Tennessee. University of Tennessee announced yesterday, kind of in accordance a day after the NCAA, uh, saying that all universities of Tennessee's campuses will resume on-campus classes for the fall semester. They announced that yesterday. Randy Boyd, president of the University of Tennessee, said in a press release that the system will bring students back for an on-campus experience this fall. The decision was made in coordination with the chancellors of the campuses, including the flagship state flagship university in Knoxville. I about said the flagship station. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it said the university system uh, comprised of campuses in Knoxville, Chattanooga, Martin, and the Health Science Center at Memphis uh, announced in March that it would be suspending in-person classes for the remainder of the spring semester due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Boyd said the residential uh, campus experience will look different this fall, and social distancing and enhanced safety procedures will be part of the new normal. 
Uh, the university system has created the Reimagining Fall Task Force, which is a 71-member uh, task force that will make decisions and, and kind of, I guess, get feelers out there to know how this is going to go. But they will begin the process of considering how we can safely operate and deliver an on-campus experience. Uh, the task force will also establish contingency plans uh, should online education have to continue a final report from the task force, which will be a resource and to create a safe and meaningful college experience, will be published May the 18th. So, I mean, that's uh, I mean, we're going get to get ahead of this and, and at least get our early stage plan out there. That's, that's the smart thing to do. You want information. Everybody's going to need information. And if you want this to go smoothly, if you want less mistakes, everybody has to be on the same page. And, and you want to do that as early as possible because then you can vet out any issues that might come up. And so getting it out well in advance, good for them. Way to go. And, and hopefully that will lead to a really easy launch is what I would hope. Yeah, and I'm trying to pull together. Uh, the there's a, um, there's a really good article. By the way, uh, totally side note here. Uh, but there was a Twitter article that came out from the Daily Times yesterday, and it's just funny how how some things line up. Uh, they they ask about the great Blunt County players, nineteen sixty to nineteen ninety, uh, and and they they listed off fifteen or twenty, and there was about five or six that's been on this show, and I thought that was pretty neat. That is pretty uh, cool. One of the one of the sixties players from Lanier uh, was Jack Lane, who was on here yesterday. That's awesome. And I'm like, yep. If you didn't, because they asked the, the the title of the question said, "Who were the great Blunt County players, nineteen sixty to 90? And I was like, "Well, I can tell you a few of them if you'd listen." That's right. And and so that that's something cool. And I'm I'm trying to get to a, an article here uh, talking about the Southeastern Conference because you know as we said in the NCAA side of things, you know Tennessee may be on on a good track and they may have have their ducks in a row and putting some things together. And I'm not saying they're spearheading this thing, but but. Uh, I think it's it's well on its way uh, to getting somewhere. But now there are states and there are colleges that I don't know that in this month or maybe even the next they're going to be ready to talk about this. And and I think that's gonna that's gonna bring these two roads to a head. Well, it's it's the hotspot places. It's the it's the places that have a lot of high traffic in it. You know, like Atlanta. You know, you you got to wonder. Atlanta is going to drive what Georgia does. Same thing with Florida. You have to look at the major cities. Yeah, maybe it's you know we're we're not looking at football being in you know it's uh, some of the bigger areas, but those bigger areas are going to drive what that whole state does. You know, and for us, we're lucky that we you know of course you know, Nashville had and, and surrounding areas had a lot of issues, but that's come down, and so. It, that Nashville is definitely going to drive the state for us, but it's not, it didn't spike as bad. And so you look at other states that have a lot of high traffic areas, you know, and I don't see even Alabama having too much issue because, you know, I think Birmingham is going to drive that state. And you have to just look at that because then you got what? A&M out in Texas. Yep. And so you've got Houston and Dallas that'll probably drive that state, and and so that's what you have to look at is what's going on in the major cities because that's going to affect the whole state. And if you can if you can get something and get some kind of beat on it, maybe then you can make a, a consensus for 
all the all the, the schools that are involved. But man, that's that's the tough one. You know, who knows? You you know, it's it's funny, and I'm I, I'm terrible. Like I'll just go ahead and put that out there. Missouri's probably out there going, "We're ready, guys." Yeah. Whenever you're ready. We, social distancing was cool in this state well before this thing happened. We, yeah. We got a lot of room in between us. <laughs> I digress. Well, you know, and you look at West Virginia for so long, you know, they didn't have any. Well, then it came out that they didn't have any because they weren't even testing for it. And so... It, They'll let us know. That was the yeah. approach. So, and you look at... They don't even really have that really major hubs up there. You know, as far as travel goes, I mean, you have the capital and some other big cities, but I mean, Morgantown is still probably your biggest area up there. And I mean, even even then, I th- I think yeah, we're good to go. We're, let's just do it. Start it up. Oh, I'm trying to look because there was a, there was a statement that said when Tennessee released their thing, it said joining these other states in in preparing for for a restart. And uh, there's 14 teams in the Southeastern Conference, and there was not, there was not a, uh, uh, there was not 14 names on this list. So I'm trying to to get back to it to see who was not on the list as far as who was going to go because there were some that that really shocked me. Like uh, LSU was on this list, and, and you know New Orleans had a had a pretty nasty situation. I oh mean, yeah, they were they were. Uh, not only infected, but as Laura calls it, infested. Uh, you know, it was it was very well, uh, you, you know, covering that that city for a long time. So uh, I'm trying to sit, get here, and and find it, but I'm, I'm of course having a problem. But I, I could see I could see the the recovery rate being really quick down there because everybody's got antibodies now. Exactly. Right? Yes, that was my first thought. Was you know I've been to New Orleans. And I I know what's down there, so yeah. It's, <laughs> You're like you wanted to socially distance and sanitize before you yeah. needed to down in Atlanta. This, this was like three years or ago, not Atlanta, New and, Orleans. Yeah, and I felt like we should have socially distanced then. I think I'm getting close to this thing because the L.A. Chargers put out a opponents as pop tarts thread, which was epic. <laughs> uh, that may be a show Let's after see. the show. I bet I could name off some states that are probably ready to go, like Montana. Oh no! These were just southeast southeastern conference North states. North Dakota. But, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Maine. Like, like Utah. Like the I'm pretty sure Utah. Population seven. Utah's like we were cool, including we the elk. Cool. Hey, little little side note: as I'm scrolling through Twitter trying to find something, what about Peerless Price finally getting his degree this year? Yeah, there you go. I mean, he, and and you know, I think that's something that I don't want to say goes unheralded. But it is something that you you look at and, oh, here it is. I got it. All the way down. Mr. Clay Travis helping me out. It says, joins LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M, Missouri, Arkansas, Georgia, and South Carolina. So teams that are not on there, Mississippi, Mississippi State, so the state of Mississippi, uh, Kentucky, well, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Alabama, Auburn's not on there, which is kind of weird that Alabama's on there and Auburn's not. Yeah, that's uh, – So Auburn – Carry the one. I mean, they're still <laughs> in the same state, right? <laughs> so they're saying Georgia's ready, which, again, with the, the nucleus of Atlanta, if they can be ready, I feel like everybody should be ready. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Auburn's not on this list. Kentucky's not on this list. Uh, Vandy's not on this list. But, again, Nashville is pretty rough. 
Yeah, uh, and, and I could see that, but see, that's still. But so, I still, I still argue that. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are they gonna like? Because cause the the state level is also a county thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I always fussed because you know, and, and again, I've always tried to stay positive in this, and I want us to do. I'd rather us overcompensate than to not. Right? I've always sure. said that, so let that be known. But I'm like. They'll be like, oh, man, we got 300 cases today in the state of Tennessee. Well, 284 of them were in five counties of the 95 counties in the state. Yeah. So I'm just like, if she, like, it, it, let's just, and I'm not throwing off on this, but Shelby and Davidson County, they're two of the, the bigger counties that are getting a lot of this. If those two have a, a spike in cases, but Knoxville had zero, how are you going to shut down the University of Tennessee? And, and and so that has to be answered with what they're doing right now because yeah. if you look at that, you're saying Tennessee's good, Vandy's not. Well, I so, think yeah, they're saying University of yes, yeah. yeah. So UT's good. So what's your criteria? Are you looking at counties or are you looking at the whole state? They but, can't be looking at the state because you've got yeah. Vandy no good, UT's good, Auburn's no good, Alabama's good. So you're not looking at the state unless you're you're choosing. And and it may be one of those like in that report, you know, basically based on the NCAA saying there's your criteria, Georgia, Tennessee, and the group that I mentioned said we're good, we we're, we're working, we got a plan, we're we're going to be good. And Auburn's just not there yet. Vandy's just not there yet. Uh, Mississippi's not there yet. Which Mississippi has players with COVID nineteen at this point. Ooh. They've got one player that's been battling it for forty four days. Oh, he's set sucks. to he's set to come home today. So hopefully that's a that's a that's a clearing moment for that team, but but you know, um, it, it's 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 going to be very fluid, and, and I, that's probably been the key word of today's show is fluid. But at the same point, I, I don't know. There's there's a hope. There's a light that hadn't come on in a long time that says coming soon. Sports is yep. coming soon. I shared that video with y'all last night on the on the group little messenger. That's from a year ago. That was that was done a year ago for when football was starting in the fall and we thought that that was a that was a long drought without sports. We we thought that was that was the end of the the draining time of no football. Different perspective. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Different Cause, perspective. Cuz yeah, no football, no anything. Yeah. Yeah, reruns of reruns now. We're not going to know what to do when we get a yeah. game. Competitive no, I, chess no, I, is going to come on. We're going to do with a foam finger going, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, I've, I've just started just not liking teams that were red. <laughs> like, again, I've, I've started doing that. Like, well, more crimson because I, I have a little red going in the fall now uh, with the Rebels. But but anyway, anyway, uh, there will be something coming on. And I, I really think we may have NBA basketball and Major League Baseball in June. I might in even June. watch the NBA. Just so that I can see something. I happen. will, because you know they'll all be healthy. And I tell you, if anybody takes a game off in the month of June, I'll never watch it again in my life. They'll all be healthy, so that means I'll be hitting the floor. Yeah, yeah. You imagine how how acrobatic and and they've been working on these flops for like two months yes. now, two months. But we we have fully exhausted that one. And and you know what? It's a wait and see. By May eighteenth, we'll know what Tennessee's planning to do, and then we'll see if the the new cases, the treatments, the hospitals, et cetera. If all of those situations go in that line, if if we can stay healthy, if we can start seeing this decline over the next few months, then football's on the horizon. If we see more spikes, then obviously 
it again slides to the back burner and we attack this this virus one more time. But but again, let's uh, let's be hopeful, be ha- be happy that there's a plan. And again, a light at the end of the tunnel that we hadn't seen in a couple months. But let's take a break. Our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, start bench cut. And interesting, as we continue to do this, the topics get more interesting and, and maybe a little more off the reservation. But that's where we're at, and we'll do it on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rule King is your headquarters for power equipment like Bad Boy Mowers. Rule King and Bad Boy are excited to be a part of the great American comeback. And like America, Bad Boys are built to last. The Bad Boy Magnum 54-inch zero-turn mower is available for just $38.79. There's never been a better time to buy Bad Boy. Check out the financing options on Bad Boys and other power equipment at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, 
who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeffy Mack as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. But Jeff, star bench cut, kind of been the new thing here the last few weeks. And I, I think between you and Boone, uh, we have found out that uh, the priorities are a little different across here. I think so. We need we need a, a moderator. We need somebody to grade this thing because, of course, you know I, I don't know that either one of us really – disagree with the other person it's just we need somebody that you know there's got to be a winner and a loser right i think so we need that competitive edge so hey if you uh if one of these start bench cut items like just really you either really side with jeff or you really side with me give me a call 865-983-4310 again 865-983-4310 and at least at least give us a little little tip of the hat to who's the victor uh each day if we could but uh hey let's get let's get going First one is go get it wide receiver. Uh, and, again, I, I try not to say best of all time because I feel like you can do that once and then you're kind of done with wide receivers, yeah. right? Uh, go get it wide receivers. If you needed a guy to go get one, who are you going to take? Larry Fitzgerald, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. Start, bench, cut. So I'm going to start Randy Moss. I'm going to bench Larry Fitzgerald, and I'm going to cut Jerry Rice. And I know <laughs> and Rice gets so much recognition because he played for so, so long. And and to that credit, I, I, I never really got to see that a lot, maybe some highlights and stuff. But, man, Randy Moss was a freak. And you just get it close, and he's going to get it. Larry Fitzgerald, I'm wa- you're still watching him do it. And Jerry Rice, I mean, yeah, he's great, and he he did it all. But I, I Randy Moss and Larry Fitzgerald, that's can't beat that. So yeah, so I'm gonna start Jerry Rice. <laughs> I'd say a lot <laughs> little, of people probably do. Little flip, and, and the reason being is 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 because there was other really good wide receivers, and he was he was picked over. You know what I'm saying? Like he was the guy. Like and, and and that's where that's where my cut's gonna. That's where that dictation's gonna come. Randy Moss is my bench. And the reason I say that is because, you know, he played Minnesota, he played with New England, he played for the Raiders. He went to a lot of different places, caught a lot of touchdowns from different guys, and quickly ascended to the number one spot, either when he got there or or built himself to that point. And, and his adversity off the, uh, oh, as you ask, you shall receive. And then I'm going to cut Larry Fitzgerald. Let's see, let's see what we got. Oh, it went away. Come on back. I was there. Oh, oh here we go. Hey, you're on the grind. Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? I'm going to have to pick uh, Wayne on this one. 
Uh, I actually prefer starting Jerry Ross. I mean, he's the GOAT, so he should get this without a doubt. The Randy Moss one, I think solid. So, so my reason for cutting Larry Fitzgerald is not because Larry Fitzgerald's not great. It's just his the company he's around, and then just quite frankly, he's only he's always been the only guy they've got. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like who else are you going to throw to there? That's right. true. Now here, here's the other thing too, though. Did Larry Fitzgerald ever take a playoff? Oh, I, I mean, I I don't know of one. I've never. I, I, I don't think so. I that, think he's been one hundred percent out there. That would be my only argument. I would bench Fitzgerald and then cut Moss. Moss is probably the most gifted, and I'm a huge Moss fan. Like he's my favorite receiver of all time. But you're going to get hundred and ten out of Jerry Rice. You're going to get hundred and ten percent out of Larry Fitzgerald. I don't see that out of Randy every time, even what? on go get it balls. Yeah, and, and Randy, here's the thing. The, the moment's got to be there for Randy. Right. And, and the, he, when he needed to show up, he could show up. And and I guess, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a beat adversity kind of guy, and I feel like Randy Moss, there, there was a lot of the reasons why he should have been at the house, and, and, and instead he was in the NFL catching touchdown passes. Very true. Very true. But here, I'm going to uh, – Justin, I'm going to give you a little, little – little, opportunity here to to give a, a breakdown uh on this start bench cut we always do a food okay. i don't know how much you've listened but we always do food right and, and today is no different i'm gonna see what your take is waffles pancakes or french toast can you repeat those again for me waffles pancakes or french toast oh i'm starting pancakes <laughs> I'm I'm benching French toast, and I'm cutting waffles. Okay, I'm gonna see where Jeff goes with this to see see where I where I need so, to be. So, I'm gonna start French toast. I'm gonna bench waffles, and I cut pancakes. Wow, we're we're gonna have three different ones. Well, pancakes just stick to your insides. You eat a pancake, and it's in your lungs for all day. Okay, waffles yeah, just but- have a place to to hold the syrup. It has an That's, awesome compartment for all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it has all this room for activities. Yes. But, uh, no, I'm starting French toast, and it's the whole deal because there's more eggs in it. I'm kind of an egg guy. I yeah. like eggs. And and so and then you have syrup on top of it. It's cool. You can have them in French toast sticks, or you can have it in the, the triangle things. So I think they're more versatile. And then I'm going to bench pancakes, and I just like pancakes because – you can kind of you can hide the butter in between the pancakes and it works. You can stack them as high as you want to go. You you know there's no there's no limitations. Waffles is kind of a one thing. Like I've never stacked right. a waffle on top of another waffle. And so I'm cutting You've waffles. You've never lived. Yeah, I know, right? I need to. I need to have a blueberry and a chocolate <laughs> in the middle and another blueberry or something. But anyway, so we had three different ones, but uh I think um I don't know. I don't know. We're still at we're a hung jury still. Yeah. Oh, Justin, yeah. what, what do you think, man? You, 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 Jeff has I, a, has I, an argument for the compartments, and then I say I say French toast. Well, I still I started oh, yeah. French I'm, toast. I'm definitely going Wayne again. <laughs> Boom, <laughs> confetti. <laughs> Boom. Two for two today, Wayne. I uh, mean, you're just you're pulling my way. 
Well, I mean, the cool thing is I control the button, so let's do another one. Let's do I another one. The uh, <laughs> better seven-time NASCAR champion, Richard Petty, Dale Sr., Jimmy Johnson. We'll start with Jeff on this one. So I'm going to start Dale Sr. I'm going to bench Richard Petty, and I'm going to cut Jimmy Johnson. And right. And the only reason I do that is because you, you I, Dale Sr. did it, and in my opinion – one of NASCAR's highest points of competitiveness. I think you had the most parity amongst drivers that could win at any given time. And I think they had, at the time, you had really good technology. Not as good as now, but better than when Petty was doing it. And then the reason I bench Petty is because they're counting championships from when they're still racing on sand. Oh, yeah. And and I you can't you have to ask for that. And then you have Jimmy Johnson out there who yeah, he did a lot of great stuff, but at the same time, the parity, the competition amongst drivers, I think now you're getting into a realm where is your equipment up to par? Can it make it all thirty six races? And I think he had that. And then they changed the point system in there, and there's a lot of changes. Yeah, yeah, I, I've got to agree with Jeff. Like, the, the order is the same for me. Dale Sr. start, bench Petty, and then cut uh, Jimmy Johnson. And the reason for mine is is, is very similar. I, Dale, Dale Sr., he put a really big emphasis on winning, and he kind of put that on himself because he had a lot of DNFs in those championship years too because he's – He's a winner, go home kind of guy, and, and so I, I always liked that mindset. Was a big Dale Senior fan. The petty thing is is exactly what you said. Yeah, two hundred wins. How are you going to bench a two hundred win guy? Well, because a lot of them was at the local county fair. Uh, I went to his to his race shop and looked. At, he, they've got all two hundred trophies, and you look, and it's like Grand National Series, such and such fairground, and I'm just like, that's cool because that's where the circuit took you. But it doesn't dictate things because right. back then, like you said, there was there wasn't a whole lot of governing body that said what you could and couldn't do with the car. I've heard Richard Petty say himself, if he found an edge, he would not only buy all of those things in in Charlotte, but he would go as far as he could go and buy those parts from all the hardware stores so that nobody else could do it. That's he, just smart. He found that like he could use a. Um, it was like a screwdriver for a tie rod end or something. And he went and bought like 400 of those screwdrivers in local hardware stores so nobody else could do it. Yeah, there you go. So, And then I'm benching Jimmy Johnson because, yes, he won a ton. Yes, he had great cars. Yes, Chad Canals was amazing. But he didn't change the sport. No. He's not known as the intimidator. He doesn't have that big hat, big glasses persona. So, to me, Jimmy Johnson may end up being a great car owner. He may end up being great at some level. But – to me, it's uh, it's start bench cut in that order. What do you think, Justin? We got got about I, I, one minute. I like that order. No, I, I I agree with that 100% on exactly what you both said. Um, I mean, me not being a huge NASCAR fan, who's the first two that come to mind every single time? Right. Dale Earnhardt is the biggest one, and then you got Richard Petty and Jimmy Johnson right behind them. So no, I agree with that 100%. Well, Justin, we're going to have to kick on out of here, but a little side note on Richard Petty. When he was racing, if he got really nervous, he would go in the house, eat a salt and pepper sandwich, take a 30-minute nap, and get back after it. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's why he's about 97 pounds soaking wet. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, guys, it's been fun. Thursday edition. Thanks, Justin, for calling in. It's always fun, man. Hey, anytime. See you, man.
And Jeff, we got to get on out of here. Jason Swain's coming in at the top, but you've listened to the Thursday edition. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. <laughs>